Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. Amen, amen. So, good to see you guys. Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah? Well, I want to do something real quick before we kind of move in. Um, I'm actually going to have my wife, Reagan, could you come up here? Um, she makes me look so good. So, you'll see here in a second. So, <laughs> so this is my wife, Reagan. She, if you were here last week, you heard her talk about volunteering and all that stuff. But you know, it's interesting, like, uh, uh, Valentine's Day is, is kind of a day that is, uh, it can be a challenge for some people, and can be a great time for others. And, but I just kind of, you know, felt even during worship um, that, that God is wanting to do something. You know, I don't want to just transition into preaching and, and, and all that. So what I want everybody to do, just close your eyes, and I want you to put your hand on your heart. I'm not going to ask you to repeat anything after me, I'm not going to ask you to, but what I want you to do is I want you to speak to your heart. I want you to speak, not saying words just to repeat what I have to say, but think of gravity of words. And when you declare something, that something shifts. And I want you to speak to your heart, and I want you to say, I am loved. Say it again. I am loved. Is that something that you want to receive? I am loved. Now say this, Jesus, you love me. (laughs) You know me. You see, there are some of you that have been struggling with whether or not you've been loved or recognized or known, and we never want to go without an opportunity to connect to the ultimate love that sets that tone for everything else. No matter what others have said to you or declared that you are, what we want to do is we want to declare his love over us. And you've heard it all throughout this morning. You love me. I am loved by you. Receive that in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. All right. So, well, I brought Reagan up because I wanted to, one thing is we, we really work well together and, and all that. And I kind of thought this is a unique opportunity for the both of us to come together and to be together. But I wanted to share, we wanted to share a little something on, uh, you know, just on, on something that we feel God has kind of put on our heart. And so I'm just going to jump right into scripture because this is like the fifth message of the day, right? So, okay. And so you guys are, you know, you guys are getting a series all in one day. And so, you know, you know, so we've got this all on like, you know, on YouTube. So let's just break it up and we have a series and I don't know what we'll call it, but. And I just looked at the title that Ryan wrote and it's called Unequally Partnered. So I'm a little concerned that he wanted me to co-teach it with him, but so get ready. All right. <laughs> I didn't know if she'd notice that, but, you know, it's good. So, all right. All right. Well, in Deuteronomy 22.10, it says, Do not plow with an ox and a donkey yoked together. Now, I'm not going to say that she's the donkey and I'm the ox or vice versa or anything like that. That's not what I want you to get. But when, you know, in this passage of Scripture, you know, as they're talking, they're laying out just various 
uh, just kind of regulations and all that. And, and they go on to talk about how even after that, mixing co- uh, wool and linen and all that. And that whole uh, premise is in a sense looking at not mixing things that are not supposed to be partnered together. Because think about it. When an ox and a donkey are yoked together, when they are plugged together, they're going to be moving. And, and there's different strengths. There's different abilities. They're moving not together, not working as one. And as they are, it's basically not going to, to plow a straight furrow or a straight row. And I believe that as God has called us to plow straight rows, some of you guys are like, Ryan, I don't plow, I don't farm. We're in Southern California. That's okay. But I'm not talking about agrarian terms. I'm talking about the seeds that you're sowing in life the seeds that you're sowing in work, the seeds that you're sowing in your family, the seeds that you're sowing in the store, wherever you go. And as you do that, as you plow and sow those seeds and plow that ground, you know, it's important to realize that we want to plow in a straight direction. And the reason we want to plow in a straight direction is because we don't want to meander or, or, or move around. We want to be intentional and purposeful about what God has called us to. And so, um, in that, he's talking about yoke, but there's another word that I want to use that is very similar to yoke. It's a partnership. My wife and I are a partnership. We, not just in marriage, not just in wrangling or hurting our kids, but also, and hurting is, is the right word because we have four girls. And so, um, yeah, I'll just let that sink in there. I know Bobby has six, but he's got a few boys sprinkled in there. So, so it's not saying anything about girls, but they're... They're a lot of fun. They're a lot of fun. And so, okay, I'm getting myself deeper in. So, all right. <laughs> Let's just keep digging. Just keep digging. All right. I need somebody behind me filling in the hole with the shovel. So, 2 Corinthians 6.14 basically says this. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawless, lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Bilal? Or what part a believer with an unbeliever? Or, and what agreement has the temple of God with idols. For you are the temple of the living God. And God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Now, Paul is talking in the sense of here, of partnering with people. And that's important. It's important who we partner with. But I truly believe that there's something even more that I want to focus on, we want to focus on today. And when we talk about partnership, we want to partner with the Holy Spirit. Amen? We want to partner with what God is saying and doing. And many times when we don't partner with him, it's not so much in what we're doing, but a lot of times what we're believing. It's a lot of times the things that we've set in our mind that have been contrary to God, that are basically saying, God, I don't know if you can do this, or I don't know if you will do this for me. And so what we want to do is we want to partner with God. We want to partner with him so that we can plow that furrow straight. And so Reagan wanted to share a few examples of partnership. All right. I know. Actually, I, had, I was just kind of reading a devotional and just got this picture in my mind when I was like reading about being yoked to something. And the picture was like, was myself. And it was like, I, I don't carry yokes at home. All right. They're like a big wooden thing. All right. We're as far from farmers as you can get. I am from Montana. So I feel like that gives me some credibility. Right. Um, but in it, I saw like, it was like a yoke. And normally you think about a yoke paired with something, but it was like 
almost like tied to a rock. And there I am like tied to this rock and just going in circles. And I'm like, okay, God, I know I'm going to do something. Oh yes, God. But it was like, when I started going deeper with that, you can be yoked together. Like two animals can be yoked together or there's just an individual yoke. And so Ryan, and I started talking about this and I was like, I'm just, I'm so into visuals. Okay. I'm a visual learner. That's what happens when your kids love TV. All right. My parents are here. They told me to quit watching so much TV. But then I felt like immediately, like God just started bringing out all these people that I know about in the Bible and like talking about what they were yoked to. So I just, I I told Ryan, I was like, I really like, I just have something. So normally he's going to do it on his own, but like, and he used the word partner. So it's like, you're unequally partnered. God brought to my mind Moses. And I'm like, well, wow, we all know Moses, but he was so partnered with his own weakness that God had to bring in Aaron. God's plan was, and I want to use Moses and Aaron. God's plan was like, Moses, I've appeared to you in a burning bush. I have made this so clear and you're called to do it. No, not me, God. And I mean, it's again, when I'm doing this, God's like speaking little things to me. What is there something that I'm saying? No, not me, God. He's like, I'll get it done. But now I'm bringing somebody else because you just, you constantly need that. The other was Samson. You know, I'm thinking to myself, okay, Samson was somebody that was so, he must have been really good looking too, right? Like had this flowing hair, these ginormous muscles. I watched Avengers last night, you know? So, but I just thought to myself, at that same time, I was like, Samson was so obsessed with his strength that really, even when he accomplished God's will, it was out of his own offense. He wasn't doing it because he's like, God, what do you want me to do? Okay, I'm going to go kill these guys. No, they offended him and then he did it. So God will use things to get us to do it when we're refusing to listen to him. But that's not like the yoking that God's looking for us to be on. That's not the partnership that he wants. And the other would have been that rich young ruler. We all hear about probably another really good looking guy. He's got all this money. His family loves him. I'm also, I know it is Valentine's day and that's my other hidden spiritual thing. So single people, let's all, why the kids are running in here, let's all meet over there. Okay. And match up. But, um, with the rich young ruler, he went to Jesus. He's willing to give up everything. But again, let's remember, this would be like all of a sudden individual yoke. He was so yoked, this is visual, to his wealth, his riches, what he had. He couldn't give that up as pure as his heart was, as much as he was like loving God. And I was thinking like, wow, God, what? It could be a mindset. It could be a thing. It could be a person, you know? We're normally thinking about don't be unequally yoked. They always give that to singles, you know? I don't know. Does he really love God or you? You you walk through that in premarital counseling. You walk through it in postmarital counseling more often than not. You're like, well, I didn't know he thought this, but it all works out. So <laughs> we're here happy, unequally partnered speaking that message today. I don't know why, but so then I said, okay, God, what's examples of being equally partnered, equally yoked with someone. And immediately I thought of Ruth back in the Bible. You got Ruth to Naomi. You know, she recognized something. She tied herself to something that she's like, your people will be my people. And here's this woman who now, when we look at her, she goes back, she's in the lineage of Jesus. All right. From just one decision of recognizing what she should be partnered with, not, not even her own family, her own culture. She's like, no, your people will be my people. Joseph, 
goodness sakes, how many of us came from a super, I mean, really, you look at Joseph, that was a huge dysfunctional family, okay? We don't ever talk about that because there's the trail of tribes of Israel, but really, you think about it, here's a man, a young boy who's, you know, God's giving him dreams and visions, and instead of empowering him, his, his siblings are like knocking him down. Like, you don't know. And even his dad's like, whoa, let's, you think you're better than me, Joseph? I'll show you you're better. But here's your coat that I made. It was already made. So that's so why I still gave it to him. He, he didn't care. He's still stuck to it. The guy then gets, you know, thrown into slavery by the same brothers. And what happens? I mean, if anybody should be like hating those people and waiting for payback, all right? It would be Joseph. He doesn't. He's still partnered with the call that God has on him, with these dreams that God implanted in his heart. And we saw how he was the savior of these people from starvation later on. And then I take the good Samaritan. We're always like, oh, such a good, kind guy. That guy partnered with what is just doing the right thing. I feel like we're in a culture today where we have forgotten what's the right thing. I don't have to comment on everybody's crazy Facebook posts, Instagram things that I don't agree with. I just need to be kind. It says, love your enemies. We would, you know, be kind to those that hurt you. And, and this guy wasn't only kind, probably we would have said, hey, good job. You just gave him like a ride and told the doctor he paid for him. He said, if he needs more, I'll come back and pay more for him. He doesn't know this person. All he knows is this is my mortal enemy. So again, he was partnered with the idea of even doing the right thing. Maybe we need to yoke that in our minds again. Like what is the right thing to do, God? And finally, I felt like the last one that God really brought to my mind who can ever forget is Paul. And I mean, I think we think more about Paul, but Paul was Saul before he became Paul. And Saul was breaking down houses, reporting, you know, people that weren't wearing masks and, you know, I, I don't even know. Like, this is the guy that's like your neighbor and you're like, oh my gosh, the Instacart guy came in the house and now my neighbor's calling the police. We're like, they're in there. I, I don't know. Like, there was a lot of stuff going on with this man. He gets saved and imagine the worst things you've done, the worst things, okay? Somebody said something super mean to, something you just did, you know? Then you get saved and you're just like, wow, man, I did all these horrible things. That's it, I understand it. Like, you know Jesus died for you. It's like we talked about the blood. You don't have to do anything else. And it's hard to walk through in our minds, like reconciling all these horrible things we did. This guy changed his name and said, behold, in Christ, I am a new creation. And he never even worried about all the things that he'd done, about killing people. So I just think he's, that was like a person that just took that idea of being yoked, being connected, being partnered with the Holy Spirit to the level that he said, I am no longer going to even remember what I was called, what I was, and be a new person, a new creation in Christ. So uh, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end on that one. We have my one last example that uh, I had, I was even just thinking about, um, I don't know how many of you guys are familiar with Bethany Hamilton, the surfer, right? So we watched we watched her when my little girls were little and then they, at that time they decided they didn't want to like sleep in the house cause they were worried about a shark coming and eating them from their second story bedroom. And I was like, okay, maybe it wasn't the best idea to let me watch, let them watch that. But years later, which is probably this year, I think we watched, she came out with another movie and it was called impossible. And it was really a documentary, but in it they said, okay, this woman's now won all these amazing surf awards. She'd gotten her arm bit off by a shark. A month after her arm was bit off by a shark, she was already back in the water surfing. 
I still get scared to go in the ocean myself if I can't see the bottom. And I've never been bit by a shark, but I know they're searching for me. All right. I glow in the ocean. Okay. I can't tan. It just glows in that water. You're like, what's that light? It's my legs. Okay. They're looking for me. So she, so now we flash forward. It's been 10 years later. She's now super well known and, and she gets honored for this award. Um, a lot of sports people like an SP. It was so ESPN gives out these awards to athletes and ESPN is the sports thing to follow. But the award was for like um, a disabled athlete, an athlete with a disability, right? Because obviously she's missing an arm. Okay. If I'm missing my arm, yes, I want a wheelchair. I don't know why, but I just do a motorized one. And, <laughs> So Ryan like prays that I keep all my limbs because he knows it's going to be dark if that happens. But she, she, gets, she gets nominated for this award. They call her. They want to give it to her in this big ceremony. And immediately she's like, no, I don't want it. And I'm watching the video. I'm actually watching her talk. And she starts talking and it was so profound. She says, I am not, I'm just an athlete. I'm not, a, I'm not an athlete with a disability. That's not who I am. That's not who God made me. That doesn't affect me winning or not. And I just thought... We sometimes have partnered with an idea in our mind. We have yoked ourselves to it, whether we realize it or not, of like, you know, I don't even know my parents. They never loved me. Or, you know, there's not a great single person out there. I'm never going to get married. Or it could be like, oh my gosh, are these really my children? They're still running around crazy. You know, I know you're not in that circle of trust anymore. So I just think like she had every reason to. These are people that we can look at and there's, there's so many more examples. But what, what are we thinking? What is our mind? What is our beliefs? All right. Amen. So now you can stay here. So as Reagan shared, if you look at every example she gave, every person there partnered with something one way or another that impacted their life, that impacted their destiny. And some of you are, think, are feeling like I'm right at, the, right at a crossroads in life, a crossroads of decision, a crossroads of identity, a crossroads of really defining who you are or what you're all about. And as you begin to look at not what circumstances say about you, but begin to look at what God says about you, that will start to, to tell you what direction you're going to be going. That will show you what you were made for. You know, we just uh, prayed for Penny here. You know, we were recognizing something that she's been doing for years. And that's what this is, is it's a public recognition of something that's been done for a long time. And, you know, there, you know, so she was, there was, and I'm just going to assume this, Penny, that there was just a belief in how she was created and what she saw and what she was created for that she was working towards that set her on the course to become the executive pastor. And so, and this was years ago. And so as she partnered with that belief, not just of saying, I want to get here, but this is how God has wired me. This is how God has shaped me. This is who God has created me to be. I'm going to do this with everything I've got. And God's going to be the one who gives the increase. God's going to be the one who, who stretches and all that. I want to share one, one passage here of one whose life was impacted by, um, you know, by uh, uh, partnering with wrong beliefs. And it's in Matthew 25, verse 14. There we go. And... This is a uh, parable of the servants. You guys know the story for the most part that um, the, uh, uh, there were three servants that were given five talents, or in the New Living Translation says five bags of gold, 
two bags of gold and one bag of gold, or one ta- five talents, two talents, one talents. And so the five took the five uh, talents that he was given, increased them to ten. You know, well done, good and faithful servant. The one with two was give, was, uh, took the, those two talents, grew them to four, well done. And then the, the one that was given one immediately said this. And so in verse 24, it says, Then the servant with one bag of gold came and said, Sir, I know you are a hard man, harvesting crops where you don't plant and gathering crops where you didn't cultivate. I was afraid and I would, that I would, and I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth, and here is your money. But the master replied, You wicked and lazy servant, you think I'm a hard man. Do you, do you harvesting crops... I didn't plant, and gathering crops I didn't cultivate. So what we see there is an example of someone who has partnered with thoughts and assumed certain thoughts about his master. How many times do we assume that we think God, what God knows about us? Well, God, you like this person better than me, or I didn't get this, so you must not want me to have it, or you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not who, you know, I'm not, I'm not Reagan. I'm not, you know, I could, I could say, well, I'm not as funny as Reagan. You know, I'm not as, and <laughs> she told me to stop telling jokes. So um, I said, I'm a dad, dad jokes come out. It's just the way it is. You just have to, you know, I'm grinning and bearing it while I'm telling the jokes. But, um, you know, but when we start to partner with certain beliefs, we start to realize that that shapes us and it begins to shape who we are, you know? I believe that there's no such thing as bad people, but I do believe that there is such thing as bad beliefs, and those bad beliefs end up shaping people to do, you know. And so, but I also believe that there's good beliefs that, that, that we can take on, and so those good beliefs are biblical beliefs. They're, they're, what does God think of us? What is God saying to us and about us? And, and how do I switch and change those, those unbiblical beliefs, those non-God beliefs, to God beliefs? And so, in 2 Corinthians 10.4, it says, The weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought captive into the obedience of Christ. And many times people look at, well, this is spiritual warfare. I'm dealing with, with, with uh, spirits and devils and all that. Well, if you look at this, you realize that he's not talking about you know, the spiritual warfare that's going on, but the battle that's going on in your mind. And so if we were to take and break this down, this is a teacher in me starting to come out. But if we pull down strongholds, strongholds basically in the Greek are fortresses. Fortresses are places that we have, we guard. Fortresses were created to guard something. And so sometimes we guard hurts in our lives, insecurities. We guard things. And when we don't allow God to come in and to bring healing and to restore those thoughts, he you know, we, we, we let that thing define us and limit us and shape who God has created us to be. It also says to cast down arguments. Arguments are basically perceptions. We perceive something about God. We think we know about God, but we don't know the truth of who he is, or we haven't allowed that truth to come into that area of life. We believe him in all these other areas, but we, let, we, we, we guard this one area because it's an area of hurt. And so now we want to take and we want to allow him into that fortress. We want to allow him to deal with those arguments so that we deal with those perceptions. Casting down high and exalting things. These are arrogance or pride. These are elevated status. We elevate the thoughts of what may, others may think about us or what our past may say about us. Yeah, you may not have, uh, you may uh, have, you know, not j- done a great job at leading people. 
but that doesn't mean that you're not a leader. If God has called you to be a leader, you're a leader. Your past does not determine who you are. So as you realize that, you begin to say, you know what? This is who God has created me to be, and so I'm going to walk in that. And then bringing every thought captive. These are reasonings. These are arguments. These are inferences that are opposite of God's view. So we create arguments to say, well, God would never bless me for this because of this, this, and this. And so as we do that, we begin to, to deal with these things. So this is what Paul is talking about, tearing these things down in our mind. Okay, Ryan, that's great. How do I tear these things down? We have to change what we believe. And many times, what we believe, we repeat, right? So, many times people who go through trauma or have been hurt or deal with the spirit of bitterness have had an incident happen to them once, maybe twice, maybe multiple times. But what happens is they keep replaying that incident in their mind over and over again. And they repeat that. And the brain sometimes can't tell the difference between emotionally and chemically between an incident that really happens and when you replay it in your mind because it's replaying that and all the emotions are tied into it and all that. And so when somebody goes through that and they replay something in their mind again and again and again, it may have only happened one time, but if they played it 30 times in their mind, it happened to them 31 times, which if you're in marriage and your wife says, you always do this. She probably replayed that many, many times in her mind of what you did that one time. No. Um, no, I did pick up my underwear off the floor and put them in the hamper that one time, one time. Yeah. <laughs> and I replay that in my mind 30 times. And so, uh, so I do it all the time. But, but what we do is we want to begin to speak those things over us over and over and over again. It doesn't just happen one time. We just don't make, you know, all throughout the service today, I don't know if you guys noticed, they didn't call it this, but there were declarations being made. There were opportunities for you to declare the things of God. From Hugo's, you know, testimony, from Dave's message, from, you know, uh, uh, Micah's mini sermon, you know, on, on, uh, on, on, on giving. They're threaded through all of this is simply that is, is recultivating those beliefs. And many times you have to tell yourself these things over and over again because the battlefield is there. You might tear down that stronghold today, but something may happen and it goes right back up. And so we're always in that, that frame of being able to tear those things down and speaking those things. So that's why it's always important that the words that come out of your mouth, that the, 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 the meditations of our heart and the words of our mouth be pleasing to him. Not only are they going to be pleasing to him, but they're going to be shaping you to be like him. And that's what we want to do is we want to be like him. And so as we look at this, I, I don't want to just give you this and just set you on your way. But I want to just, I like homework. I like, uh, I li- I like you know, the activities and the worksheets that we do, you know, in class. So, so I want to do a worksheet right now. I'm not, I'm n- not literally. So... So what I want you to do, <laughs> and all the good students says, yes, this is my, um, I want you just to, just to close your eyes, and I want you to think of a difficult situation you're going through right now, something you're struggling with, maybe even a thought, maybe you got into it with somebody, you know, on Facebook, and they called you this, and, and whatever, or maybe you got into it with your, uh, your spouse or your child or your parent. Maybe somebody at work said something to you, and it really bugs you, 
And in your mind, you're thinking, am I really like that? Is that really who I am? And that's been plaguing you. So I want you to think of that, that, that situation. And as you think of that, what we want to do is we want to declare the word of God over that. We want to declare what God thinks, not what circumstances say. We want to declare what the Bible says. And the more that we declare what the word of God says about us, the more we believe it, the more our mind starts to shift and shape towards that. So what I want you to do, I don't know your situation, but I want you to take a moment and just think of something to declare that would be reflective of the character and nature of God for that situation that you're specifically dealing with. I'm going to give you a moment to think about that because then we're going to have you declare that over yourself. Take a moment. All right. Do you have that, that declaration? It could be something like this. You could think, oh, I, 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 I've made a ton of bad decisions this week. But the Word of God says that I'm a great decision maker. And I attach faith to every decision that I make. Or you could say, you could have struggle with leading people. God has created me to be a great leader. I lead with confidence and with authority. People love to be led by me. So what I want you to do is I want you to just declare that, that declaration that you've created for you, that situation you're dealing with. Declare that over yourself right now. Lord, we declare that you're going to open up our hearts and our minds to, to, to speak your word to ourselves. We declare we hear your voice. We hear what you're saying, Lord. And I just believe God is going to start to even just bring back dreams of what you wanted or how you envisioned your life to be that now you thought, I've already made these decisions I can't go back to school. I can't do this. That's not, those were just a child's dreams. He's going to bring them back. And that's the God dreams, that that's what's going to be tied around you is not what your thoughts of yourselves are, but what his thoughts of you are. So right now, I just declare over all of us that you have good plans for us, Father, that it is not too late. We are not too old. We're not too young, not too tired. None of that, Father God, that today, going forward, you're going to give us more dreams. As they said, your old men will dream dreams, your young men will have visions, Father God, that we're going to have visions and dreams, maybe things that seem long forgotten, that's going to come to our minds, to our spirits, of who we are when we're attached to you, of what we can do when we have yoked and tied ourselves and partnered with you, with your mindset, with your heart for us, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, yeah. So, as we're, we're wrapping up here, and uh, um, I want to just, I want you guys all just to stand, just as we, as we wrap. And as we do this, you know, I, I just, you know, as we talked about declarations and, 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 and what we're partnering with and right beliefs, I want to just, just challenge you in terms of hearing God's voice. 
in terms of hearing what God has to say, because many times the voice that's louder in our lives is not God's voice. You know, it's everybody else telling us what they think and what they want to do and, and what they want us to do and who they think we are. And so I just want to pray. We want to pray, you know, and just in this service, just that we, we begin to hear God's voice, we wrap things up in such a way that you start to see how God wants to partner with you and how he wants to shape you, okay? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you. I thank you for every single person here. I thank you, Lord, and, and we declare, Lord, how you want to speak to us. You are so excited to speak to us. You are more excited to speak to us than we are excited to speak to you and to hear from you. So, Lord, I pray that there's just an, 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 an opening, that the antenna is just connected to you, Lord, and that you are going to be speaking with clarity, Lord, and that we're going to know that we hear your voice. And so, Lord, we just thank you. We partner with what you're saying and doing, Lord. We don't partner with the world. We tear down those thoughts. We tear down those, those, um, those high places, those places that we've guarded, Lord. We, we allow you into those areas. And we thank you for speaking to us. We thank you for just, uh, just cultivating and shaping our minds so that we can plow that, that straight furrow, so that we can be purposeful and intentional as we're yoked with you. We thank you, Lord for what you're doing. We thank you that you are causing our minds to be more like yours, that you are giving us the mind of Christ. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on. Thanks, guys. Ah, Let your minds be renewed. One of my favorite quotes uh, from a, a guy I used to follow a lot, and it's just still in my life. He says, the kingdom of heaven is not moved forward by good actions, but by good beliefs. Get your mind right. Um, hey, get the prayer team up here. Come on up here if you're on the prayer team. We'd love to pray for you. Don't leave if, if, if you need extra word of the Lord, if you need a prophetic word, if you've got healing that needs to happen, needs to be manifested, we want to go after that with you this morning. Um, beyond that, we love you guys. If you have kids, oh yeah, if you have kids, stay in the circle of trust and, uh, <laughs> and help with the chairs. If you got a chair, grab a chair. Uh, we got chair things here and here. It helps our... Um, Helps our setup a lot. Love you guys. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church. 